You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Hope you guys had a good week so far, good day today. Love you guys so much. All right, Acts chapter 8, and we're going to start on verse number 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, a believer leading an unbeliever to the Lord. Great story on soul winning. And while we're reading this, I want you to pay attention to this passage because I believe that this passage in the scriptures is one of the greatest illustrations of the truth of soul winning in the New Testaments. So pay attention to that as we're reading here in Acts chapter 8. We're starting on verse 26. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is deserts. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariots, reading Isaiah the prophets. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariots. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine hearts, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you so much for your word, your truth, Lord, and for saving my soul. Thank you so much for this church, Lord, and just my church family as well. You're just so good to me, Lord, and you're so good to this church. Lord, I ask that you just take away every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of me in this message whatsoever, Lord. Help me hide behind the cross of Christ and preach, thus saith the Lord. Open up our hearts for the message, and I just thank you for what you're about to do when we say these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That passage of scripture that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading was Isaiah 53, a prophecy in the Old Testament of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Philip used that passage of scripture to preach Jesus unto the Ethiopian. And through the word of God and the work and power of the Holy Spirit, the Ethiopian eunuch calls upon the name of the Lord. It's just an awesome story of soul winning. And the truth of being a soul winner, how to lead somebody to the Lord. And I want to look at that this morning, how we can be a soul winner and how we can lead somebody to the Lord in 2020. But in reading this story, there's one word that stuck out to me, and that's the word man. Now, that word man is used three different times in this passage of Scripture. And all three times it's mentioned, it has a different adjective attached. In verse 27, we see the words a man. In verse 31, there are the words some man. And then in verse number 34, there are the words, some other man. 
And now all three times this word man is mentioned, it has a difference. It has to do with a different individual in the story. In verse 27, it has to do with the sinner. In verse 31, it's the soul winner. And then in verse number 34, it has to do with the Savior. And now I want to look at those three men this evening and look in depth on their life and their characteristics. Because I believe if we look at these men, we can get a better idea of soul winning and how we can lead somebody to the Lord in 2020. So first off, let's look at the first man in the story. That's a man, the sinner in the story. And we see that in verse number 27. That has to do with the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, the Ethiopian eunuch ended up getting saved at the end of the story. But heading into the story, this man was lost. This man did not know Jesus Christ as his personal savior, which makes him a sinner. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there is none righteous, no, not one. Same case for us. Before we knew Jesus Christ, we were lost. We were sinners. And that's the same thing that happens and was the case with this Ethiopian eunuch. But I want to look at this man and his characteristics a little bit. And we find out a little bit about this man in verse 27. Look with me there if you would. The Bible says, and he arose and went... And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. In that verse, we actually learn some characteristics and the personality of this man, who this man was, who this sinner was. First off, we find out that this man was a respected man. The Bible says that he was a man of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This man was a man that had high regard and high position in Ethiopia. He was a man that literally had a big-time job in the country of Ethiopia. The queen of Ethiopia chose him for a special job and a special work. And now, when we think of Ethiopia, we think of the country that it is today. But in Bible times, Ethiopia was a lot bigger than what it is now. Ethiopia, back in Bible times, actually stood for all of Africa south of Egypt. So that was a big position. And he was a, a, of a high position in Ethiopia. That had, a, had, a, had to be a big deal. So this guy was basically a big deal. He was a, a man of high position, high regard. He was well-respected, right? He was a, a, a person that people wanted to be like, people looked up to. People knew who he was when he walked on his way because he was a man of high regard, high position. He worked hard for his job. He took pride in his job to get to that position to where he was. So he was very well-respected. We find that, that out in verse number 27. Not only that, we also find out that this man was a responsible man as well. The Bible says that he was a man of great authority and had the charge of all her treasure of the queen of Ethiopia. So this, the Bible says that he was the queen's treasurer. He was in charge of all of her money. He was in charge of all of the country of Ethiopia's money. That's a big deal. He was responsible to have, to be in charge of all of that money, man. You have to be very well organized and dedicated. Basically, this man was the CFO of Ethiopia, the chief financial officer. And the only way you can have that is if you're organized, dedicated, doing your job properly, and and being able to handle the pressure and handle the stress and everything that goes along with it. So this man, we find out he was respected. He was responsible. He was basically the epitome of success in the world's eyes. The people wanted to be this type of person, right? They wanted to be a man of high position. They wanted to be organized, dedicated, and, and um, thorough like this man was. So in the world's eyes, this man was success. But not only that, we also find out that in religion's eyes... This man was successful as well. We also find out that this man was a religious man. 
In Acts chapter 8, verse 27, this man is actually returning from Jerusalem where he had gone to worship. So he went from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. At its shortest distance, the Ethiopian eunuch would have to have traveled still over 1,000 miles. You have to be a very religious individual to want to do that, to go from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. So we find out this man was a very religious individual. This man was basically the epitome of success in the world's eyes as well in the church's eyes. This man went to church. He read his Bible. He was reading a portion of scripture when Philip came up to him. This man was a very religious individual. He was a man who went the extra mile. He went the extra mile at his job, climbing the ranks and working hard for his country. He was a man of success. He went the extra mile for God, willing to travel over a thousand miles to worship God at the temple. So we find out that this man was very successful. This man was awesome. But regardless of all those good qualities, this man was still lost. He was a sinner in need of a savior. And I believe looking at this man, we find out that there's a lot of people just like that Ethiopian today. They're very well respected. They got a great job and they are just a good neighbor, a friendly individual, somebody that you want to be like, somebody that you want to act like, but they are still lost. There are people in this world that are not only respected, but responsible. They're, they're rich, they're organized, they, they, they do all of the things that you want to do. They, they, they do all of the things that, that, um, that the world says is successful, but they're still lost. There are a lot of people that are religious in this world today. They are respected. They are responsible. They are religious. They, they work hard. They work hard for their money. And then they give their money to the church. They go to church. They, they donate their money. They, they do great things in this world. But regardless of all of those good qualities, they are still lost. Just like this Ethiopian eunuch. He was respected. He was religious. He was responsible. But he was lost. But there is one quality that we find out about this man. That's the kicker. You see, this Ethiopian was a receptive man as well. He was open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because all of those things that the world says is successful, being respected, being responsible, being rich, having money, all of those things, it didn't fill the void in his heart. He was still searching for something. He knew that he did not have something. That's why he went to Jerusalem to worship. He was searching for something. The Holy Spirit was working on his hearts. And he was open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now that brings us to the second man in this story. That's some man, the soul winner. That's Philip. And we see that in verses 29 and 31. Notice what those verses says. The Bible says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. And heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? How can I except you should tell me what this is all about? That's some man. That's Philip in the story. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture was Isaiah 53 verses 7 and 8. So he is the soul winner. Philip is the soul winner in the story. Now the soul winner is the person that brings the gospel to the lost sinner. And that's what happened with Philip. He brought the gospel to the lost sinner and he was able to lead the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord. Now there are three important truths in this story that reveals to us how Philip was able to lead the sinner to the Savior. Three things that I want to look at. Number one, he followed the spirits. 
That's what we see in verses six, uh, 26 and 27. Uh, we go back there and, and the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And then verse 27, the Bible says, And he arose and went. You see, Philip listened to the Holy Spirit. Philip was sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. Now, during this time, he was in Samaria. He was doing a great work in Samaria. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the angel of the Lord says, I want you to leave Samaria and go into Gaza, which is desert. No questions asked. He got up and he went. Now, sometimes it's not going to make sense listening to the Holy Spirit. That's the same exact thing that happened with Philip. Philip was doing a great work in Samaria at the time of the Spirit's call. There was multitudes of people getting saved, people getting saved left and right in Samaria. And he was doing a great work. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter eight, verse eight, that there was great joy in that city when Philip was there. Now, you would think that God would want him to stay in Samaria to help disciple those people and help them grow. But that wasn't the case. Out of nowhere, the angel of the Lord says, I want you to leave and go to Gaza. I, I feel like I'd ask a lot of questions if I was Philip. Why, why do you want me to leave now? Things are going good. Man, people are getting saved. Why do you want me to leave out of nowhere? He had no idea that there was going to be somebody in the desert. He was just listening to the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord just said, arise and go. Without thinking, he just went. And now the key thing for us is we have to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We have to listen to him. Even if it doesn't make sense, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance. The Holy Spirit was at work, and it was the Holy Spirit that made the difference. If it was just Philip, man, this wouldn't have come to pass. To be a fruitful soul winner, one must learn to follow the leadership of the Spirit of God. Now, the Holy Spirit knows where the sinners are. He knows which sinners are open to the gospel and knows which sinners are ready to be saved. And that's exactly what happened with Philip. The Holy Spirit was working in the heart of the eunuch before Philip ever got to where he was. Because the Holy Spirit works on both ends. Amen. You see, a lot of times when you feel um, the need to go witness to somebody or to go um, hand somebody a gospel tract, chances are that the Holy Spirit is working on that person's end. And that's why you're getting the feeling that you are. You know what I'm saying? So we see that the Holy Spirit was at work. And that's the first thing that uh, is the reason why Philip was successful. He followed the Spirit. Not only that, secondly, we also find out that this man was familiar with the Scriptures as well. Look at verses 30, 31, and 35. The Bible says, And Philip ran thither to him and said, I saw him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should... Guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So because Philip was familiar with the scriptures, he took the portion of scripture where the eunuch was reading and preached Jesus to him. So he gets there. And so this Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah 53, reading this passage of scripture. And Philip goes up to him and is like, man, dude, do you understand what you're reading right now? And the Ethiopian eunuch says, how can I except somebody show me? Would you show me what this is talking about? Would you show me what this is saying? And he was able to preach Jesus out of Isaiah 53. Now, Isaiah 53 reveals the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the key reason why, Jesus, uh, uh, why Philip was able to give a clear presentation of the gospel and lead this Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord is because he knew the Bible. Amen. He was familiar with the scriptures and 
when, man, I am out of it today, I tell you. Um, he was familiar with the scriptures and he listened to the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's what we need to remember as well. Our power to witness comes from the Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. We need to be a witness. We need to be familiar with the scripture so when somebody's lost, we can open up this Bible and preach Jesus out of it. He was able to do that out of Isaiah chapter 53. So we see he would follow the spirits. He was familiar with the scriptures. And then number two, he was faithful to share Christ. Philip kept the main thing, the main thing. He preached Jesus to this Ethiopian. Man, goodness gracious. All right, so we see the first man is the sinner. The second man is the soul winner. And then finally, we see the third man in the story. And the third man, that's the savior. That's the some other man in the story. Look at verses, 30, uh, verses 34 and 35, if you would. The Bible says, And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, Philip. And said, uh, And Philip, man. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So Philip was able to preach Jesus to this Ethiopian eunuch. He preached Jesus out of Isaiah chapter 53. Man, I would have loved to have heard that. I would have loved to have heard Philip preach Jesus to this Ethiopian out of the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Because that's talking about Isaiah 53 is talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's basically like the climactic moment in the Old Testament talking about Jesus Christ being the Son of God and the Messiah. So to really grasp and get an understanding of what Philip preached on, let's turn to Isaiah 53 if you would, all right? Isaiah chapter 53. Because preaching through Isaiah 53, Philip would have highlighted a few things. He would have talked about Christ's submission, his sacrifice, his substitution, his silence. We see that in verses 7 and 8. His sinlessness. All of those great things, those great qualities that make Jesus Christ the Son of God, the, the God of love. The holy, holy, holy God. We see all that in Isaiah 53. Can you imagine hearing Philip preach on that? Can you imagine hearing Philip preach on our Savior's substitutional sacrifice? We see that in Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. Let's look at those verses, if you would. The Bible says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. We see the substitutional sacrifice there. In these verses, we have the word our five times and the words we and us one time each. You see, everything that he suffered for was for you and for me. He bore our sins, our shame, and our suffering at the place called Calvary. He did that for me, and he did that for you. Man, I would have loved to have heard Philip talk about that. Man, it was real to Paul, real to Philip. It was real to him. And I, I would have loved to have heard him talking to that Ethiopian eunuch next to him, sent to him, 
Going over the scriptures and saying, man, that's talking about Jesus Christ. That's talking about the son of God who died for you because he did all of this for you and for me. I would have loved to have heard Philip talk about that fact because he bore our sin so we could bear his righteousness. He would go hungry so we could be fed. He would go thirsty so our thirst could be quenched. He would be beaten so that we could be blessed. And he would be stripped naked so that we could be clothed in his righteousness. I wonder if Philip got a little excited when he was talking about that fact. Man, I wonder if he wept when he was going over the substitutional sacrifice in Isaiah 53. I wonder if tears were flowing down from his face when he was talking about, man, the the sinless son of God dying for us and dying for his sin. I wonder if he got a little sad about that. But you want to know what else I wonder? We see that. We see the sacrifice, the substitutional sacrifice, the, the, the sacrificial death, the, the silence of the lamb, all of those things. But you want to know what I wonder? I wonder if Philip started shouting and praising the Lord as he preached on our Savior's success yeah. in verses 10 and 12. Look at those verses, if you would. The Bible says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the greats, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That word shall, in those two verses, which is a future tense verb, is used eight times after Christ was made an offering for sin in verse 10. Eight different times. You want to know what this is talking about? This is talking about a dead man with a future. Amen. This surely speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I would have loved to have heard Philip talk about that, right? Man, this guy died for you. This guy died for you. He died for your sin. He bore your sin, your suffering, your shame. He went through humiliation, vicious, awful suffering. But praise God, he rose again the third day. I would have loved to have heard Philip telling this Ethiopian eunuch that fact. Because we have victory in Jesus by what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He presented his blood. He rose again the third day. And through Christ's sacrifice, God turned tears into triumph. God turned darkness into lights. God turned suffering. Suffering into splendor and God turned glory into glory. Amen. I'd like to think Philip got a little excited about that fact, about Jesus Christ cleansing him from all sin, about the mansion in heaven, about having the Son of God in his heart. I'd like to think he got a little excited about that fact because it was real to him. It was real to Philip. In fact, it was so real to Philip that he gave such a clear presentation of the gospel that right in the middle of it, the eunuch stopped and said, I've heard enough. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I've heard enough. Can I get saved now? Verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine hearts, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Of God. You see, that unit got saved. That unit got saved because a soul winner went. He was faithful to preach Christ. He followed the Holy Spirit and he knew the word of God. You know, our, our, our plan for 2020 is for us to read the Bible. 
Read the Bible in the year, the saturation method, the chronological method. That's the, the, the main thing in 2020. If we read this book, you can lead somebody to the Lord. Memorize the Romans road. Read the scriptures. Tell people about Jesus and lead somebody to the Lord in 2020, just like Philip did with this Ethiopian eunuch. Let's all stand. I thank the Lord for the word of God and for this, this truth on soul winning here in Acts chapter 8. I thank the Lord for a soul winner, my grandma, who was able to lead me to the Lord when I was a young kid. And if we're saved, every single one of us, we can be a soul winner in 2020. We can lead somebody to the Lord. And that should be everybody's number one goal. But we got to get right. We got to know the scriptures. We got to be available. And listen to the call of God. Amen. The altar's open. I don't, I don't know if the Lord dealt with your heart or not, but I know he dealt with mine just for the fact that I need to be more of a witness. I need to tell people about Jesus. And it was just one soul that Philip was able to lead to the Lord there. You'd think he'd want to stay in Samaria. You'd think God would want him to stay in Samaria and help multitudes and multitudes of people getting saved. But, you know, God had a greater plan in all of that. We soon find out that because of that, he was able to go to Ethiopia and tell Jesus and preach Jesus to the queen and the king. And Ethiopia in history is one of the first early countries to embrace Christianity. All because Philip... Talk to that Ethiopian on his way in, in the desert, the desert. Wouldn't expect that, but the Lord knew, you know, and I don't know what the Lord has for you, but there's going to be times where you're going to be put in a situation that you have no idea why you're in this situation. You don't know why the Lord's telling you to do this, why you're going through this trial, this, this suffering, something like that. But the Lord's going to put somebody in your path, somebody in your life that is lost on their way to hell. And needs a soul winner to tell him about the Savior. Amen.